It's a thing? I have a recurring theme. I heard it was on I haven't. I, I must robot? have missed. I must have missed it. Like, is there? Is that a thing? All humans are robots. What news has come out recently then about budding? Is it weird that I've just started watching Battlestar Galactica again? No, I just finished it like weird. last week. Such a good show. I watch it like I get over again like every two years or so. Yeah, same. I, I is, actually is, bought is it all. Is there anything new on the botting front? I mean, last week we heard from the I mean, um, the minutes that CCP is aware of botting, but they're not. Um, it's not their biggest focus, at least from the security team. And their biggest secure issues right now are account security and keeping everything safe. Is there anything new on the botting end? No, other than their their supposed plan to punish botters and that kind of crap is. They're like, oh, we're we're trying to be very harsh with it. No, you're. A three-day ban as a warning is not harsh. Well, there's the the spinning on the news cycle of uh, of uh, the Reddit post of, from uh, the fireside chat. That's mainly where the whole bot thing got exploded. Hey, before we before <laughs> we dig into the botting versus hacking and all that good stuff first, since uh, Noisy's brought this up, right? Um, just the way that the uh, the video is displayed from Skype here today, I couldn't get all of. You know, Jintan's fantastic outfit on the on the show, and but look at him, he's got the big eagle, the red, white, and blue. He's got the camo up top. He's he's he just brings a tear to my eye. He's being very American. It, it, Jin, I need you to not be American. I need to get married to you so that way I can move to England and immigrate into the Great Britain. What you don't actually realize is this is this is my application for a green card. I'm just hoping that Donald J. Trump watches <laughs> this video. He actually secretly plays Eve. Oh, Jin, 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 Jin. I got you. No politics. Guys, hashtag Donald Trump leads test. Jin, I got you. Let's get married, and then you can immigrate you over. Get dual citizenship. Exactly. But Jin Chan, doesn't don't you live in that shithole thing called Provi? Uh, not in real life. Oh, so, oh load you. that load load that comment up. Why don't you, Jesus? Oh God. Hey, we can talk about. I've got a fight in like an hour and a half, so like I'm not gonna talk anything about it because I don't want to jinx it. No, no, let's talk about it. Let's, who's well, in let's let's hit into the botting versus hacking first, and then and we'll we'll reserve a little time because we were gonna talk about probably and we're gonna you know surprise uh, surprise uh, Jintan. Um, and obviously, I forgot to send the ping out, as Life Shifter just told me. So, out. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you to haven't do done it. Com- to be completely honest, Eric, I forget about it all the fucking times. So we're gonna have to do that. No one's watching right now. I would like to uh, comment a, a little bit on the the botting versus uh, security issue because it yeah. does feel a little bit to me like, well, one thing is really costly for CCP. And the other is not. So CCP is pushing a lot of buyers on what costs them a lot of time. So the whole security thing and uh, getting your accounts back, right? That's very labor intensive for CCP. Whereas spotting is something they can kind of ignore. It's more a problem for the player base. So there is a little bit of a bias issue in my personal opinion on why they're uh, hitting so hard on saying that botting is not a problem, but security is. No, well, I, mean, I completely agree, honestly, with CCP's um, point of view. Um, having making sure that 
your accounts are secured, making sure that any of your credit cards are secured. Like if I learned that my accounts were hacked and all my credit card information was just taken, I would that I fuck I wouldn't know what to do. I'd be starting canceling credit cards left, right, and center. Yeah, but the point is but, that the but, cost like, is on CCP to make sure that they fix your problem if you get hacked, right? Whereas botting is not something that uh, is necessarily something that they need it, to. It is, uh, it is true. It is true, but then again, you have to you have to understand that CCP is a business, and as a consumer, or you know, as a customer to CCP, like if you got your accounts hacked and you like reached out to CCP and CCP didn't give a shit, like. How are you like? Are you, are you going to stick fight the the game that they make? Fuck no. Yeah, yeah. And you, on top you, of you'd that, go somewhere else. And on top so of that, how big is botting actually? Like, that is my question. I, I don't. We don't know exactly how. I don't think CCP would want to release those numbers on how big it is. I don't know. We might have some like analysts here. I don't fucking know. But well, maybe, if you if you look at it in in historical perspective. Uh, you can ask the question, has it gotten worse or better than the period of Unholy Rage? And of course, Unholy Rage came in the wake of uh, of the launching of the Plex. So there was a huge push on trying to uh, get into that market from uh, the, uh, call it the criminals, right? That's usually what you see when things like that enters a game. So is it worse or is it better than back then? Uh, can we expect that there's... 7,500, 10,000 bots running all the time in EVE. And if so, what does that mean to the game? Because game uh, balance-wise, or at least ecosystem-wise, you need to multiply that by 10 or even more because that's the factor of effective time that a bot has on a player, right? Right. The way I kind of see it is, um, like, if you look at it historically, um, at the... um, uh, you know, way back, like sort of, you know, seven, ten years ago, it was pretty bad. Like, uh, what was it? The what was the numbers when they um, when they banned like a, a one ban wave? Like in a month, it was something like three thousand accounts. Like maybe more than that. Three. That was unholy rage. You're thinking of, yeah. I believe. Yeah, noisy game yeah, just yeah. pointed out in chat the day after unholy rage, the average concurrent user base went down twenty five percent. So the question yeah, is, think, are we at I a point compared, where it's worse or better than then, right? Can we expect that there's to 15 to 20% of the players online are actually bots? If so, then we still have a huge problem, and it is well, impacting the ecosystem. The, the, issue there, Caleb, the issue there, Caleb, is the fact that you can't, you, you're making complete assumptions on information that you have no idea, like, that you don't know. Like, it's a case of, uh, do we know how many bots are out there? No. So we can't I'm make not, I'm, I'm using known known data but, to infer can, uh, existing uh, situation, yeah. right? Yeah, but what I'm saying is, you know, yeah, we, you know, on unholy rage, you they banned like three, four thousand accounts. Um, you know, this, you know, this month past, just uh, they, you know, they banned like fifteen hundred to eighteen hundred. So you know, it was, it's, it definitely has gone down in terms of absolutes. But you know you can't like you. There's information there that you don't know, like whether you, whether whether CCP has um, you know feels like it's actually found most of the bots, or that their detection methods are better than it, than they were before, previously. In which case, you know it, it could well be that it's even better than we even think now. You know, yeah. I think it, it feels to me, at least in in some of the uh... 
you know, in some of the marketplaces like Jita, that you don't have as many marketing bots that are instantly one-upping, you know, one-isking you. What do you guys think about that one? Market oh. bots have never been a major thing in EVE. It's, it's mostly been based on rumor, and the impact on the economy is not that hard. Uh, sure, there's a benefit with the whole patty cake of uh, 0.01 isking, but it's pretty much what normal uh, players do as well. So uh, if there's like... 20 players online and one or two bots, it's going to even out. It's not an effect. Well, one or two bots is not an issue. Like, it's when there's, like, you know, 30, 40 bots where, you know, you, you set a price and then, like, you know, within 30 seconds, like, your, you know, your particular, um, you know... But that's market, the same with players. Players will do it just as fast. Yeah. So the impact is... Uh, I don't nothing. know. Not, not I mean, as fast. Well, that's, that's the entire is... reason of bots. Trust me, they are. Much the... faster. It's okay. real players that are competing with you that fast. It's not necessarily bots. Yeah, because the bots gotta gotta wait for the market update updated data to update so they can even look at that stuff. I mean, they can't read off a screen. Um, so I'm fairly certain they can read off a screen. Absolutely, can, I'm fairly certain if we, if we if we know anything about I think I think if anything that we know about bots nowadays is they can read off a screen. They can recognize stuff. However, what I'm saying though, that I think the NRS man have people actually sitting there at their desk, ready to you know play the point zero one is for. I've done it. I've done it for hours. Well, I've been part of the MD, the market groups, for more than a decade, and we have this discussion coming up every two years or so. And people claim bots, and no one can come up with uh, good evidence. And it should be fairly easy to figure out whether or not uh, a market competitor is a bot or not, because you can just insta-sell or buy from that order and then follow up on who is that character and do your due diligence. We've not been able to find any really good evidence of active market bots in the game ever. So I don't think they've ever been an actual problem. Yeah, I've just noticed the monetization yeah. mostly years ago. Um, you know, I think the bigger thing that has come into focus specifically with, uh, you know, the value of skill points is the hacking of accounts, right? It's because now mm. they can suckle the goo out so they get vastly more per account. Why do you think they can sell skill injectors so easily? Yeah, it's just made theft more valuable, right? Mm-hmm. Right. So, it means you know. that now it's basically like now, now not only can they break into your house and steal all your shit, they can also steal your organs whilst you're asleep. And lobotomize you. Which is yeah, also why I'm asked. But it's, it's kind of why I said that, that that's an issue for CCP because when that happens, it's CCP's responsibility to then recover those assets and roll back any of that abuse, right? When there's been a theft. So a that's very costly on the support and security side. But at some point, CCP is going to go. Okay, we've been, we've we've you know we have uh you know um wow authentication measures put into place. So they're going to start throwing it back on us eventually, more so than them. Well, they'll probably just start making uh it more and more a priority for people to have second like uh, two two FA. Yeah. I think we've talked fairly consistently about wanting it either in the API so that we can make sure people who have hackable accounts don't get director spots. We've talked about that as a solution. We've talked about, um, what else did we talk about? We talked about, you know, having some sort of skin that you can only get if you're 2FA. That would be cool, actually. Um, I mean, having yeah, it in there's the, a lot of suggestions that we've had. Having it in the API should, should be a reasonable request. I, I know, like, in Star Wars The Old Republic, 
you can actually set that as a permission thing is that you cannot be promoted to a certain point unless you have two FA in the guilds in their guild system, which is just like the yeah. best feature ever. The problem with that really is that CCP doesn't want that information to be potentially available to people. They don't want a massive API scoop to be a, a, a great blacklist of like who you can just randomly frag uh, account hacking wise. Well, I mean, if the if they do it like an app on the smartphone or something like that, like all the other MMOs do for free, who cares? Right, they've, yeah. given you, they've given you a free security option you're not using. It's your fault. That's correct. And that's why I am a proponent of having 2FA to be a requirement if you want your stuff, you know, given back to you um, if your account gets hacked. It shouldn't happen in uh, 2FA. But, the, it, but the, the main thing with 2FA is it needs to be a free so you shouldn't have to buy another device to use the 2fa so you need some kind of app on the computer as well because oh, right then, it's, then, it, then it's i can't afford a smartphone it's unfair well that's why you have buy to the five dollar thing then you know or well, there should be an app on the pc well there is google authenticator you can do yeah. that. Uh, also noisy has a good uh idea i like his idea in the chat here it says how about five percent training buff if your account is using 2fa why not i mean well I that, that would little... Over time, that's way too much to get. You're a five percent bonus uh, over, over, over a year. Of we have other stuff. I don't think yeah. there's a five percent yeah. boost. Well, the, 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 the problem is that, like, of... when we're talking to TCCP, they're like, "No, we we don't really want to give them anything for it because we feel that that's yeah, unfairly slanting the market." Which I mean, honestly, I, if they I didn't give you anything for it, that's that. fine. I mean, a skin is. I think Gen Tan has got to do. Maybe a skin if they don't want to give us five percent more training. That's fine. Just give us a skin. I mean, something. But you want to incentivize people to do this because in the IT sector, making websites, um, you're not going to get users to do something generally because it's good for them. They're going to have to be forced to do it usually, or so unless they. Then it's their own fault. If, if, if own you fault. want to force them to do it, they should just be forced to do it. Like, there's nothing wrong in my opinion. We're we're in what we're in 2018 now. 2FA is now so commonly used everywhere. It's I see. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but you you, you still have to take into account that the Eve player base is maybe one of the most oh, conservative conservative Eve player base player in base. in the world. Right? Changing anything by force is risky. Uh, get over it. Hey, I'm going to show something here on the screen. It's very old. And the only thing that I think they did wrong by issuing these is they couldn't link them to an account if you had one. But there it is. Get that? World of Warcraft 2FA. Not that I play anymore, but I still got the damn stupid little thing. The dog. I love them. Yeah, I love them. I still have two of them. Yeah, I love them. They're cool. Yeah. I I would would actually carry it because it's a cool nerd flag, you know? That would be. You you do also have to realize. You do also have to realize that making a fuck ton more money than CCP have. <laughs> uh, and they to, probably did that to FA. I think I had to buy it five bucks or something. To get yeah, they were five to I mean, fifteen dollars I mean, depending cool. on when they I'm came cool. out. I'm cool with like doing that as well. I get a thing. The fact cool thing. that I don't have to do an email verification if I'm logging into my Eve Online account from a different computer that I've never logged on to is scary. Yeah, that definitely is. Like I honestly make there like some sort of email verification you already need email to have the game and that's that's pretty basic as far as that goes as far as like a hardcore 2fa like again like a one-time 2fa would be fine but you know the fact that i can log on to my eve account from a different pc that i've never logged on to before and not need an email verification is scary to be honest well the the issue with email verification like i'll tell you the 
the the issue with the the two with the email verification is um most accounts that uh according to the ccp most accounts that are hacked into are hacked into not through brute force through through their email the client, but they're through the email so if you require the email verification they've still got that already straight away so they're fine most of your that's the issue from sites that you use the same email from and use the same password from mm, so exactly you're, you're you know and, and it's always about that right ccp ccp can be as secure as they want to secure as they want to but you know while there's other sites out there that are being you know breached you're going to keep having this. And, and CCP is, have, you know, in the last, uh, I think, dev blog they come out with, they show you how you can show if your you know email address has been breached. You know, because it's always good. You should always change your passwords, by the way, people. Change your passwords at least every three months, if at least once a year if you don't want to do it that often. That's a simple thing to do. Yeah, and don't, don't have the same, same password. password for everything. Yeah, and that's the thing. You know, well, oft, often often these hacked accounts are basically happen because, you know, a, 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 you know, a, a hacking group hacks into a certain website that has a whole bunch of different things and they've got three different bits of information they've got a password they've got a username and they've got an email account and typically nobody you know uses the same username or you know uses variations on a username there's a lot of people use the same password which is just dumb but essentially what happens there is they just go you know use those three pieces of information and typically the people who get hacked into are the people who use the same uh, password for their emails so they're into their emails straight away and then from there they can get the usernames of all the different other websites that they have and then they use the same password and you know some crack some maybe some don't but the ones that they do that they do crack you know they get into and they you know find ways of you know stealing what's there or making use of what's what's there or being able to sell what's there and if it's your eve online account i mean you know you've lost all your stuff and you've lost all your skills Yep. You know. and, and it's fairly high cost for CCP to fix that, right? And do that research. Yeah. So I have no problem with um, the what somebody mentioned earlier. Hey, if you get your stuff recovered, you have to go to FA, right? Yeah. And by the way, it's just dumb not to do it in these days. I mean, we could we can discuss like whether using a third like a third party dongle kind of two uh, FA is better than using, say, an app. Um, I mean, I'd say that considering Google has a Google Authenticator, and that's what like uh, CCP is using for at the moment for two-factor authentication is. You Why know, don't they just tie it into their I mean, own uh, mobile I mean, app? Well, you can well, tie it to your own. To, to, to be honest, when the World of Warcraft one that I had, I could either do it through the phone or that either one worked at any given time, right? So well, I did yeah. that thing. I think that's what I was going to say because setting up a dongle would be a little expensive i think than just doing like a text it, message base yeah but right it will be but a text message base is still pretty insecure because that can actually be uh cloned and like your the information on your phone can be cloned and when you get to when you get like if it's a sms um kind of verification that can also be taken fairly fairly easily I think um, if, if hackers are on the level the of cloning your phone, you can't really secure yourself in any effective yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, yeah you can. Because, because if it's an app on your phone, it's better. Right, yeah. I mean, there's just... Google Authenticator is one of the premier 2FA platforms out there to do this with. I use it for multiple Microsoft accounts, Eve accounts, all kind of... Google accounts, all kind of stuff. It's simple. That's why the ECP uses it, because it's already an industry-standard 2FA platform out there that works, and it's simple. And it's easy to recover. If you actually, you know, somehow remove the app, you can get a way to get back into your account. It's not easy, but it's possible. 
And there's also a reason why, you know, why Steam uses a mobile app authenticator as well. You right. know, which is why can... it should be put on CCP's own mobile app, right? Because then you can kind of code those things together. But you also yeah. have to keep those safe, though. Like, you know, there, there actually is some, you know, you can breach a 2FA server and get information from that as well. Now, it will mean much for some people, but if you can tie it back, you even that has some things. So you want it to be with a secure entity. Not saying CCP is not, but like, I trust Google way more than I search CCP. Yeah. It, purely on the basis of they, they have, you know, just more everything to be able to fully secure their servers. Their security Even online has a portal app? What? Oh, <laughs> hey, I want to... I uh, literally just did a quick Google search, and oh my, it actually does. Holy shit. You did not know this. No, I did not. Okay. There's a, uh, yeah, there's like a designed app for it from CCP. It's just not the best. It's not been iterated on at all. You can, no, it's, it's been iterated on just like mostly in background ways. I don't know if yeah. they actually still have that <laughs> group hired that made the app. Not sure. Probably not. But anyway, I mean, it's great for sending email. I have sent a good bit of email through it. That's what the only thing I use it for. Because I use other, you know, third-party apps to track all my skills and stuff on my phone. I only send Alliance I mail most, through that app. All of us probably do. I said I only send Alliance mail through that app. <laughs> when I'm unanchoring things. To be hey, honest, I, I never wanna... used it until I started doing eVunion and stuff on it. So, uh, so I want to give some shout-outs that happened during that segment there. We got a couple followers from, uh, I think, Drum Whisper, if I copied that right, coming down through here. And uh, Cat Lost Cartoons. We also had a seven-month resub with Did We Win Yet, who said that's that me. I was... That, that's me. That's Did We Win Yet is my, my Twitch channel. No wonder, no wonder you busted on me in that comment. Of course I did, did because you're a punk-ass buster. <laughs> Whoa, breaking out those <laughs> southern insults now. Not even That's a southern insult. He, like he, he didn't even bless his heart. Yeah. That's how I know it's serious. The 80s oh, call it terrible. like their, uh, you know, derogatory remarks back. You should see what he puts me through during the week in Skype. It's terrible. I don't really send you crazy shit on Skype. A little bit. So, yeah, you so... don't want me following you on Skype then. <laughs> well, he might You're going to call him a jabroni next or what? Hey, let's um let's hit up because uh, Moomin hasn't been able to uh, join us yet. So let's uh, table some of the discussion on his things. But um, one of the things that I hadn't been able to look at or investigate is the AI versus the AI event. And Caleb brought that up uh, this week in our internal chat. Well, maybe uh, I don't know if Jinzan can uh, correct or expand on it too. But it was basically from uh, the CSM minutes that one of the devs mentioned that there had been. Uh, an occurrence in one of the systems where the uh, AI had actually caused NPC on NPC uh, activity, right? Where uh, no one had actually been around to see that this was going on. I think even the drifters were involved. So basically you had the AI going crazy against other AI. Uh, and this just shows that some of the things that CTP have been trying to cook up uh, in the basement might actually start working. Um, we have an upcoming interview with, I think it's CCP Burger, uh, that should uh, come out as an article Monday or Tuesday uh, this week. So we're going to be able to know more about it. I just think the whole development of the CCP AI is very interesting because it's something about things to come. 
it's it's definitely a step forward in the sandbox as far as how the game is living um however i you know no one was really around to see it so i really do feel like it's one of those situations where it's like if a tree falls and no one's around to hear it doesn't really make a sound and i think it does if no one's around if no one's around to see something like this happen does it really matter i think it matters because if, if this is this is cool right we all think this is really great i think that's that that's important because this could start happening more right we're, we're getting more different ai um entities into the game they're kind of encroaching on each other for their different rats um it also means that the ccp is coding these rats that the target anything that is not friendly so that that has to come into play too right so i i think that it's important because we know it happened right ccp told us about it now i know we didn't see it no one filmed it but we're gonna have more of these and we may get more more frequently as they introduce more and more of the new you know uh, encroaching you know npc uh style gameplay they got going on right now and they've already gotten to a point where they're uh, they've increased in responsiveness and aggression right i think i heard that this week or the last two weeks some of the players have actually been abusing this a lot with bumping freighters directly into uh npcs because they then start aggressing uh for them right so so there's many things that's going to arise gameplay wise and and getting the whole uh eve ecosystem to feel like it's alive because it's actually engaging with the environment and with the players in a more uh livable fashion right so we're going to have to start buying uh, mining uh, permits from Garistas now. <laughs> well, I actually lost, uh, I lost an interceptor autopiloting between Jita and Amar. My pod made it, but my ship didn't. I mean, if you honestly need to buy mining permits from the Garistas Menace, you clearly aren't no-lifing the rats enough. Get better. Get good. You mean just like people up. are going to actually just grind up Garistas st st standings now so they don't get griefed in high sec? You know what, actually, I think, because, again, this, this sort of, like, cool. encroaching NPCs, it brings so, like, it brings such a new aspect to the sandbox. So, like, you know, CCP's sort of, like, view on sovereignty has sort of been, like, if you're not using it, the, or I guess with the current south mechanics, you know, you're not using it, uh, you, the, what is it, your ADM goes down, so it makes it easier for people to hack it. What if, like, in a future iteration of Sov, they make it so that if, your ADM or whatever that is replaced with goes low enough, NPCs will start encroaching on your territory, and like no one, other players are like fighting for it. But they are, and especially if start it's... encroaching on that space and start like destroying your shit. It, it also ties into the fact that it, CCP is perfectly capable of turning a knob very fast and getting the NPCs to actually be a threat to structures. They're already engaging uh, player-owned structures at the moment. They just don't seem to have the strength to actually finish the job. But that is a very small escalation. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're, they're attacking structures, but they're not returning after the, the enforcement timers, right? Yeah, pretty much. And yeah, that should yeah. be fairly simple to add that. And if we start getting NPCs cleaning up uh, on fueled uh structures that would just be amazing well i think that you know one thing I, that i haven't really heard me talk about is you know you, you go to wow you go to any other mmo and most time you're playing along with the npcs right they're they're a full-on part of the environment whereas in eve oh yeah we've never really had that right i mean you had to go to this site or, or here to find the 
the NPCs. Now they're actually coming to us, right? They're actually becoming a little more alive. They're starting to be part of the infrastructure of the game more. Um, right. And, and I, it I feels mean, when you, more like space is real at this point. Uh, I mean, in the, I'm, I've never done any of the Drifter incursions, but in the Drifter incursions, don't they also have like Amar Imperial ships like fighting alongside you or something? Or is it just you? And yeah, them? but those, those are those are generally meat shields. They'll prioritize you most of the time. I would say that those drifter incursions are really fun, though. They're probably some of the most entertaining PV that Which is a shame, because I've never... I I need to do one, but, you know, they're only in high sec, and I'm deadly scared of high sec or low sec. Are they in low sec, too, Jim? Um, They were in low sec originally, but, you know, drifter incursions don't exist anymore. They got removed from the game. I think what I'm most interested in is the fact that NPCs are encroaching on raw materials like in the case of where they're stripping out entire asteroid belts, because that means that there's this whole seesaw thing with the, uh, the fact that if you want your fields of resources to be available, you might actually need to clear them of NPCs, right? You might have totally to actually fight for it, even if you're in high sec. But that would be fun, though. I mean, there's the thing, right? Yeah. So, like, I have a, I was talking to someone the other day, one of my staff members, um, and he, li- he literally lives out, I don't say where, but he, he has to mine and make money because y'all got to mine. But he gets tired of doing that all the time. Like, he wants to do other stuff. He wants to do some PvP, but he doesn't want to do, you know, PvP as in, like, me shoot other players. But he'd like to do some NPCs that's actually more engaging and a reason why to do it, right? So that would give a reason for people to actually have to, one, live in their space and fight for it, but not against people always. And two, you know, as we're coming about and they're making the AI, you know, more reactive it gives these players that don't want to engage with other players but play the actual game itself it also gives them like if ccp can do it well enough it also gives them a potential possibility of being able to introduce new players or new people to uh that like are in nullsec or that have just put their foot in nullsec it kind of gives it can introduce them to the uh the style of play of nullsec in terms of fleet warfare Moomin is here. Moomin, can you this with your lovely, lovely voice? Okay, We never mind late Moomin. Don't worry about that stuff, man. That's it. I, I'm offended that you didn't take the, clear out your entire schedule to come do this show. Just saying that. Moomin, can I get you to to read out for me a modest proposal? And just in your deep, soothing voice. Um, well, that depends what it is. <laughs> it, it's no, I literally want you to read a modest proposal. <laughs> the book. Oh, wait, what? You guys are uncultured swines. I hope you all yeah, understand that. I know, I know what you're referring to. I know what you're referring you, to. You were here for all the southern barbecue conversation, right? Fucking okay. eat all the Irish babies. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I'm going to start dissing myself now. <laughs> That's literally what Ma's proposal is. Oh, yeah, I know. By Jonathan Swift, right? Yeah. Should we segue to uh, the movement part, then? Let's roll. What are we, roll Transformers? Over, roll to, uh, to the, what movement wrote? Well, let's roll, right? Let's just to the Metal let's Wheels say, Are bit. Turning by <laughs> Moomin Amatin. Which you could read on Imperium News. Fantastic article. I always love Moomin's articles. Um, I just enjoy how he writes. 
I just want to quickly ask Moomin if, uh, for the people who, out there who haven't obviously haven't read it, who obviously need to read it, can you give a kind of a TLDR to it, or is it too much, too, or is it too, uh, too, too deep to give a TLDR? I, well, I, um, I'm not necessarily sure that a, a, a too long didn't read will help necessarily, but. Mm. The, the bit that I was actually just like going for is quite often in Eve, we tend to become a little bit focused on uh, you know the micro kind of like level uh, that events actually happen, and we then tend to get kind of continually wrapped up in these like uh, you know this week try have done something now DRF have done something, oh look CVA being farmed by um, PL. Um, and I think that we tend to like go on those kind of like smaller kind of like stories, but when you actually step back from that, I think that you then have an opportunity to see like a, a, a slightly different story arc, and that's what I tried to do in this piece. Yeah, uh, personally, I took away the the whole uh, aspect of uh, rental empires again because we kind of nipped that in the butt uh, a lot when we were discussing how the the markets would develop and what the new normal in the economy would be and you kind of then pushed that uh, agenda even further that there is going to be a huge change in how uh, the big groups and alliances are actually going to call it monetize uh, their operations and I was very interested in that aspect. Yeah, but I, I think it's been like a natural transition, realistically, um, because let's be honest about it, it's like a, a, a lot of these entities that do favour the rental uh, model, um, it would appear that they aren't quite keen on their income streams, which require low effort. And I mean, if we go back in time, is uh, casinos... Well, yeah, it was a lot of effort for like some people actually running the site and doing all of that sort of stuff. But you know, once you'd actually got that going, basically it's kind of free money. Yeah, yeah because we were mentioning the 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 old uh, aluminium uh, tycoon. Uh, there's always going to have to be some sort of uh, revenue stream for big groups, and usually they need to be slightly uh, easy and AFK-ish, right? So whether you are well, this is going to be slightly controversial, but on topic with what we talked about earlier, whether it's based on botting or someone uh, credit card uh, swiping or uh, actual uh, men in the field, uh, labor-wise, like in Dell, which might be borderline sweatshop. But the point is you need some income stream, especially because CCP has never actually focused on designing the game to... Uh, have a proper uh, bottom-up economy, right? So it needs to be top-down, and that means AFK-ish, uh, like, revenue streams. I disagree with that entirely. I think Eve Online is, should try to go more towards that bottom-up uh, where alliances get the tax, the passive tax money from their members. Um, yeah, I, said I, that. I just said that CCP that has never supported that. I think they have on several occasions. I think they're starting to support that now even more with moon mining, making that a more active yeah. experience, making mining itself a lot more valuable. And on top of that, ratting has always been, well, you know, just 
if you're good at ratting, you typically try to make it as passive as possible because who can stand ratting? Um, but I think EVE Online could easily support that kind of uh, bottom-up economy, and I think we've seen that very well in Delve, and I wouldn't say Delve makes it a very sweatshop maneuver. I would say that my taxes just go to my corporation, the corporation goes to the alliance, and, you know, bada-bing, bada-boom. But there's not effective uh, bottom-up economy in Delve. There's no easy enforcement of getting the revenue stream uh, from the bottom and up into the alliance coffers because there is no good design. There's a trend towards that. You're, you're right. I'm just saying that structures are still novel, right? And uh, lifeblood is pretty much not a uh, half a year old. So we have never had this type of economy in EVE. So in the past, every big group has been uh, pretty much needing those uh, AFK-like like income streams, whether that is, as I said, credit cards or moons and stuff like that. It's all uh, what's been financing the big stuff. I, I, I might, I might my, challenge my you on tax, that, Caleb, right? My, 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 my member tax for being an AMOC is like, what, 12%, 15%? I can't remember. That's all going... What, where is that is going? That's going to my corporation, right? I'm being uh, taxed on all the money that I get from my corporation. Yeah, so... And since... that money is directly going, without my input, that money is going to my corporation. It, yeah, I think um, Delve has one of the probably most streamlined taxation systems and revenue push to the alliance that, that anyone has. It's fantastic. I think the, the, only, the, the only thing I think where there needs to be any active input of money going from me to the alliance is between my corporation and some alliance wallet. Yeah, and, and even that's pretty streamlined and, and easy, easily done, right? And I'm think pretty the sure that's mostly is... just like Mittens pointing a gun at, you know, Kilgarth's head and being like, you're going to make us give money in. Or maybe not Kilgarth. Um, <laughs> that's no gun. Someone. No, it's no <laughs> it's probably, yeah, You're right, it's probably a dick. It's no, it's, it, it's not very challenging to do at all. Actually, um, where mm. I think it is lacking in the bottom-up um, taxation is really when you go into the mining area, right? There's not an easy way for a corporation to, to tax its members from that perspective other than structure taxes, right? And making right, yeah. them refine in your structures. But Which is why we have a catch-22, right? It's not a good idea to try to do a uh, Band-Aid-like solution and taxing it directly in the mining operation, right? Because that would just in my personal opinion, it would be horrible. The problem is that the structures, uh, tax setups are not really optimal yet. So that's where you need to tweak it to make it uh, even more a bottom-up thing. I mean, that, that part, though, seems fairly um, cut and dry as far as an implementation of doing that. Yeah, but just something as simple as the fact that uh, the whole way that the structure tax is just one variable, and it needs to be a base value and uh, uh, a secondary uh, variable. It needs to be uh, a base fee and then a percentage take. Otherwise, you can't really have the granularity that you need. Right. I, I'm just going to kind of, you know, my spidey senses are tingling here, Caleb. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yes, we are, we are going away you, from the article. Are you, are you considering running for CSM? I was considering it, and then I remembered what the CSM entails, so I dropped the idea. Oh, well, I, d I did wonder, you see, because I do love this time of the year when all of the pundits come out with their variety of solutions about how to make Eve great again just before they announce that they're running Sweet. for the CSM. 
like the publicity they need to to get elected though like if you're oh, talking about someone like yeah, Capri. actually and i mean he's like you know um i've always thought that you've been actually really rather good at this gin so you make this quite hard for me to to try actually poke at you um but for me he's like the csm was all about representing the player uh community and that means listening and being able to communicate on both sides. And I know that you did a lot of work during this last kind of like a, a round of CSM where you actually kind of like communicated the minutes and like, you know, tried to inform people what the CSM were actually up to. So, and I think that was ideal. You weren't necessarily going in and like saying, well, I think that we should take away local and, you know, stop cloaky camping and all of these other things it's like you know um because i think that far too many people like push that um you know eve is broken in the respect that i actually play the game and i'm going to like fix this particular issue and it's not going to happen and it's sheer fantasy that they even like you know uh think that well actually moomin uh, my name is Jorhendis, and I am here to officially declare my run for the CSM. I am running opposed to Jin Tan. He has not supported the Weeaboo community within EVE Online. I will push CCP <laughs> to uh, better implement uh, character design models, such as letting me have Neko ears on my character. Uh, I am Galente, and I want to roleplay as you, someone you who... Now, I, I actually you now have my vote. That's the problem. And, that's uh, a problem. And that I, have I don't think Jin, Jin, Jin Tan has made a very big push on that. Well, and that's so very I, good. I feel like... Yeah, and will you give me will you give me monocles specifically for my furry character? Okay, I will well, give you, I I will give you the I most have... anime models ever. Like I will have, I want skins where like I have. Can I have neon hair? I think it that almost... we have just proven why this is all such a bad idea. <laughs> I, I want I want a skin I want a skin from my Nagelfar that turns it into a massive giant body pillow and then I want to upload an image of my waifu onto that body pillow and then I want to fly a gigantic dreadnought body pillow around in a fleet. <laughs> Do you want... Jin Tan, these be fighting words you like, have to say I something. mean and the fact that Jin Tan the fact that Jin Tan, an avid member of Anime Club in um in Slack, please join Slack. Slack is dying. Um, has not pushed for this is insulting in my Actually, opinion, if you could... this needs to be solved, like, now. Unironically, though, if you go and read the notes, I did specifically ask for cat ears during the first summit. And I can actually, give me one second, I'll give you some live CSM link. Ooh, let's see some... Give me... You keep talking. This will take because time. This, <laughs> this will, all right, I will continue my, my insane rant. So this this will no doubt kill Eve, as Eve just needs to die already. But I want Eve to die in a very loud yif. So I, I almost very feel, loud, I almost... furry, orgasmic yif. Wait, 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 wait. Are you a furry? No, but I support Fuck the furry members. <laughs> he supports furry rights. I support, I support furry rights. <laughs> The fact that I can say all this with a straight right. face is honestly more concerning can, than it. Can I just so, make my so, character look like a Wookiee, can, please? Can I ask so what furry rates have to do with Roman's article? But I mean, again, like, I want to be more in-depth with let, let my characters... Let my, I've got oh, shit, yeah, I got a blur out name. Okay, that was, that was close. Holy shit. Yeah. It was just docked <sighs> somewhere. <laughs> 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 it's like, you know, when you say docks, though... 
do you mean, oh, look, I've just accidentally published their address, their social security number, telephone number? Or do you just mean it's like, oh, he's like, I've just published their name. Such as like, you know, Piggles, uh, Pro God Legend, PGL, um, Tyler Crockett, or as I like to think of him now, Jiminy Cricket. <laughs> it's a case of uh, you know, there you you know people dox themselves all the time apparently if that's the level of doxing that uh, like goes on never quite understood that myself I don't want to give out devs real names because that would be bad for there you go there's the, there's the leak in public channel here don't they do that themselves in the CSM leak uh, minister yeah. I thought, oh, you know, it's like... Three or four places, it's uh, real names. It's, it's relatively easy. <laughs> that's, a, uh, that's a big drinking mug. So now that I'm sure I've made half of the audience brains explode from autism, um, you guys yep, can yeah. go ahead well, and start taking drinks now. Well, um, uh, just kind of uh, back to what kicked this off is... Uh, <laughs> Well, the, the thing is, we were talking about an income stream. So it was, you know, the casinos were definitely uh, an income stream at a point. Um, you know, the moon goo, uh, so like from posses, when it is in essence a relatively passive activity, um, that was always kind of like a mechanism for creating engagement in places where you wouldn't always see it. So people would fight over money moons. It's like that definitely was a thing um and now i would say that um the rental side of stuff is probably the most attractive although um you could also argue that some of the stuff that pandemic court has been up to in perimeter with regards to trying to um i, I can only really describe Just it as annihilate. high tech um with yeah. these, uh, citadel trading um, you know, I don't think it's necessarily a, a particularly, um, you know, profitable form of like income, but it doesn't really require a great deal of effort as well. I and mean, it's like, you know, free money is free money. Um, but renting definitely, to my mind, has uh, become a lot more attractive in that regard. Well, not even necessarily attractive, I would say, you know, necessary. Problem is, it's not really up to snuff compared to what's been happening in Dell. In in the wake of uh, well, the past was things like casino money and uh, credit card warrioring and moons and stuff like that that you're talking about. But it doesn't really compare to what's happening in Dell. Now, I just did a, a financial uh, video thing with uh, with Jintan, and it's going to be hard to compete with what I call old money and uh, big market speculation. Uh, or the intense number of uh, man hours that's being thrown at uh, things in Dell. So the rest of the, the, the models just won't be able to compete. Okay, well, one of the things that I didn't quite understand earlier on this week, and, you know, arguably it's partly why I, I kind of like put my piece together as well, is Pandemic Horde on about we don't have enough space and we're moving off to Gemini. And that to me didn't make any like sense whatsoever, given the economic value that we know can be extracted from space by an active organisation that actually lives in their space. 
You see, now I've got I've got oh, full like autism mode reasoning as to why that that, <laughs> that went down, like di- diplomatically. I feel like okay. because we know that Guardians of the Galaxy were previously attacking the DRF, and it's likely that that was supported in some aspects by PL, considering PL did deploy their super fleet in support of GOTG, even though GOTG gave the, the major thrust there. I wouldn't be surprised to see if P- to see PL also get something in the vein of whatever GOTG was given to cease this war, and it wouldn't surprise me if that was Gemini. I just don't so, understand the, the, the whole oh, trigger warning, but the whole Lebensraum argument. It, it's not necessary because you can fit so many uh, active laborers into very small spaces, like in, in Dell, where they are doing the whole anomaly goon holding, right? Where they just cram so much work. stuff into, into that. Uh, so it's more an organizational problem. It's, and the rental model is not really uh, effective, in my opinion. Yeah, but this is where it, it kind of like, I think that with that rental model, it's very much a case of number of systems that you actually have access to. Okay, because it means that you can just do like, you know, a simple kind of like a deal when it comes down to the rental model, which is, okay, you give me 10 billion a month and you can use that system for whatever you want. That's it. Yeah, and, and because you can't, uh, and if when you're renting, you, you have to spread it thin, right? You can't cram all the renters into the same systems. So there's a, there's, a, there's a problem, a paradox problem with the rental model versus, say, the Dell model. Yeah, well, it's, a, it's all to do with when it's people it's rent efficiency. stuff. Yeah, when people rent stuff, it's like they want to know that they can use that space in like, you know, a relatively predictable kind of like fashion. And exclusively. Exactly. And I mean, it's like that's what they're actually like playing for. Um, but it, it just makes, um, you know, a complete nonsense when, um, you know, pandemic horde are actually saying we don't have enough space um, for it to be lucrative for us. And I'm just like thinking that's complete nonsense because it's about serial. It's it's about serial versus parallel utilization of space, right? In 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 Dell, they stack a lot of people because they all have the same uniform on top of the same anomalies. Where you can't do that in a rental model, you have to give each renter their exclusive access to the farms, right? So instead of farming that one field that's basically infinitely respawnable, uh, you have to put them next to each other. So so you have to have serial farming instead of parallel farming. Yeah, personally, I see this as just a, a show of like economies of scale. Um, renters are yeah. all very small money-making businesses, and as such, they don't have enough room for specialization. Um, you know, and we see yeah, specialization. It's farming. Yeah, no, it's not quite that. But like in the Delve economic system, you have people whose specialized roles are defend the other people who are making money, so that they can make more money faster. Well, and more the fact that it feels like combine harvesters and factory farming in Dell, whereas yeah. the, the rental model is like more like potato farming. It's these small days. lots that needs to be next to each other because you don't want to farm in your neighbor's uh, field, right? I think yeah. there's more organization within the rental system than you would think, though. Yeah, but they still don't like to farm in, in, well, in shared there's... space. They want exclusivity, right? There's organizational kind of aspects in terms of actually dividing up the areas, yeah. But like, in terms of the scalability and you know, uh, the efficiency, 
um, of the the area that you have, then yeah, you know, it's it's nowhere near as efficient as uh, what goons are doing in Delve. So. Oh yeah, I would not argue that fact that the what Delve the 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 machine that is Imperium down in Delve is just it's just a. Uh... Yeah. It's real monolith. I mean, I, that's mm-hmm. when I can describe it. What, what Imperium has done down there, uh, to their credit, is just, you know, I wish that other entities in the game could do more like that because I think it puts them in a in a good place to go out and do more stuff and not to worry about losses. But, yeah, Imperium's done some great stuff down there. Yeah, so with all of that in mind, with what we've necessarily been able to produce um, in Delve, when you look at the MER, I mean, it's just like, you know heads and shoulders above everything else and yet when you look at the uh, geographical footprint that is like you know taken by a pandemic horde it's somewhat like comparable in fact it's very comparable and yet they have like a a third of the numbers you mean comparable like number of systems wise right Uh, yes exactly so it's like the actual kind of like footprint that they've got on the eve universe itself yet a third of the numbers and yet they're moving. And I'm not saying that it isn't a good move for them to actually go over to Gemini. And there again, that was what I was kind of like uh, hinting at my article, is when I go through the winners and losers, well, it's like PH have kind of like lost because whenever you have to move uh, an organisation, it does put a stress on that organisation. You do lose assets. People do kind of like end up uh, like, you know, um, feeling uh, displaced. Feeling... Well, like displaced, they may or may not move. You might have some kind of like attrition there, but equally, it can be like a big adventure. I mean, there is a plus side to it as well. Yeah. Um, but you know, even in that kind of movement of assets, is like you will see fire sales. Um, I'm sure PH members will remember that when they actually moved up from Quirius up to where they are now, um, you know when they were fighting within the casino war itself, sewers actually made quite a big profit on all of them by doing their logistics and buyback program at that particular point. So, you know, people will make money off of uh, Pandemic Cord members for that move over. But in saying that, Gemini, um, it's good region, it's very close to kind of like Jitter. And I think that more importantly from the Pam fam, Realistically, Pandemic Horde are being paid to actually take this region, um, and they've they've just increased their rental potential. Realistically, is like uh, DRF lost a region, and Panfam have picked up a region. There wasn't any need for any direct conflict there at all. Um, but I, I think that the ties between Triumvirate, Fraternity, um, you know, definitely exist back towards the Pan fan. And a big part of me just thinks that uh, the DRF as a whole has just been played for idiots. And it is like, you know, it's worked out like great for Pan fan. <laughs> is, it, is it being played as idiots when you've lost a war and you're not getting obliterated from the fucking galaxy, though? Yeah, but it's like triumvirate to me were um, realistically always a proxy who who cares whether or not they live or die it's like you know it's triumvirate it's like you know they're on what the seventh um like version at this time yeah so it's a case of sort of like who cares it's like you know when you're using someone as a proxy for your own kind of like benefit 
all you want them to do is actually just like kind of like poke something. Now, um, the really interesting thing I thought from all of this is back when Triumvirate were saying, yep, yeah, we're leaving the DRF and we're going to go to war with FCON, um, a lot of pundits out there were saying, this will be a really kind of like, uh, you know, quick kind of fight. We're going to kill like Triumvirate in no time at all. It'll be easy over in a few weeks. There we go. And yet it went on for months, months and months and months. And, and I don't think that people, uh, yeah, and I don't think that people necessarily expected that. Um, and I think that it's shown some, you know. Ooh, apparently weakness. there's a fight going down in Alamarque with PL and C versus Goons. Can anyone here speak to that? Nope. Uh, uh, only if I log in. <laughs> I'm just, I just saw it at one of my Intel channels. Someone was just poking oh, about it. Like, asset-wise, what's on field? Yeah, I got no Intel yet. We're talking caps, are we it's talking battleships? Are we talking just, like, a service? So it's, it's, uh, it's two Scythe fleets going at it. Just all Logi. <laughs> uh, okay. Just all Logi. All Logi. So they're, 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 uh, they're actually campaigning to see who can heal the other side faster. No, no, no. What it is is, <laughs> is they're they're trying to figure out. Um, they're trying to set a world record for the most logistics for fleet, and whichever fleet wins, the other side has to suicide their ships. Well, uh, I'm telling you, we should just we... have a war of love and see who can wreck the other side. Apparently, faster. it is a soy toyo timer. Um, there was a time when the Imperium were told that they would uh, never ever be able to form a fleet larger than 100 people ever again. Moment, I don't know what you're talking about. We still have <laughs> never been able to form a fleet larger than 200. Yeah. We, well, we don't I mean, have more than 100 actual players. Ah, uh, okay, so it's not goons. It's just people calling snuffed goons now because XD nice meme. Oh. So it's snuffed in Max yeah. versus PL and NC in Rogues. Pretty yeah, interesting. Yeah, it is. That's kind of like fine though, because um, Snuff and I are a member of the Imperium now. We've never like hidden who our friends are, you know, and who the members of the Imperium are. Uh, yeah. And I, I've always liked that about us because it means that if you want to fight, then you know exactly who you are fighting and, you know, how there's no deceit there. Well, I mean, um, like, wouldn't you, like, Moomin, you've been playing for a long time, would you say, like, the sort of political meta over, like, the past even three years has shifted to a point where you first knew who your friends were, they were either blue or they weren't, to this sort of blue troll, where, depending on a case-to-case, -case, you could be shooting at someone and then teaming up with them the next day. Do you ever find that it's kind of annoying, Moomin? I'm going to take this as a moment just to quickly duck out. I've got a fleet to run, so have fun. take care of them. Screw have you, a good time. Good luck. I will see you on the CSM polls. You know what? That's going to mess up all the video. I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, you're going to have to switch them off and then like uh, reject them and turn them back on. But I'm going to follow so out the door. Do, so what you, what you do here, Eric, is you send me a message on Skype and then I join the call, and I will take over for Jen as being the beautiful person. There you go. <laughs> we should have done that a little better. Hey, no, we yeah, got two of the clouds. We got, you know, everybody's everywhere. So let me go. But through. no, guys, I'm going too. Thanks for having me. Uh, have to Thanks, Thank you very much. Thanks, Ob. Well, that broke in the most weird way. It did. Ew, I don't it's want like, to see. Is, is that your special neck cam? I know, it's fucking strange. Now we see only you, Jin Tan's ribbon replaced.
I want my Kyuchin tan back. Fuck you. Oh, fuck. <laughs> actually, it was right. Caleb. It was actually Caleb who took over Jintan's thing. I'm sure I can oh, channel Jintan if I need to. Anyway, I just well, need to step up my edginess. Let me hear your fake southern accent. Well, so Eric screws around and uh, as he's coming to naturalize to the U.S. To be fair, like um, when I was like playing Eve a little bit more seriously than I do now, um, a lot of what I did was basically go around trying to figure out who who are alts of who, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, and. I have to put it, I have to give it to, you know, PanFam and the sort of that kind of political side, you know, that the, the that specific side of the political sphere in EVE. They know how to do security through obscurity. The amount of shell uh, corporations and alliances that they have is impressive. So you're saying they're masters of obfuscation? Very much so. Then we confirm that movement. I, well, I'm I'm going to say that yes, and with very good kind mm. of like reason as well, um, because you go back in history, and you have like the fall of Bob. Bob then tried to rise again in the form of like um, IT. IT. Um, then it was a case of the model seemed to change a lot more for PL and NC. Now, they didn't disappear, like, completely, but, you know, um, PL very much so, you know, this nomadic um, uh, kind of, like, mercenary for hire-typed entity that it was, it became, well, how do you attack PL? Because, you know, they've got no space. It's like they don't do that because, you know, when they were associated to space, it was normally through another organization. And I, I'm, you know, I, I think I can say with a fair degree of confidence that they used to and still exist within uh, the Imperium. Because, you know, if, if you want to mine and, like, rat and do stuff in space and actually extract wealth from space, um, well, we do it quite well. So why wouldn't they necessarily join us? Yeah, exactly. But, like, you know... Even uh, even you know uh, people like NC and PL and stuff like they make you know renter renter empires and stuff like that like you know brothers of Tanga and you know the uh, Northern Associates and all that yeah kind but of you thing. you say like that, but they're very like whenever, obvious they're very obvious you talk kind about of things what, though, um, brothers of Tangra is mm -hmm. I think that there's generally an some sort of idea that. This belongs to the DRF. What are your thoughts on that? Oh, it's not. It's Brothers of Tangra are very much a um, uh, a vehicle for providing Panfam and uh, NC. Um, I mean, NC used to bring in a fair. I, I am fairly certain that PO uh, NC used to bring in a fair amount of uh, uh, like ISK income out of third party stuff, like. Uh, um, like Eve Bet was yeah, you, uh, very much an NC thing. Do you notice that, was... that whenever PL like you know talk about uh, brothers of Tangra, whenever you mention it, you know it's quick as a heartbeat. They like we sold that, we sold that ages ago. Oh, we That's just that. to do with us, blah blah blah. It's uh, 
it's 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 odd that they go into serious defensive mode about that. Yeah, it is, and it's also odd that it's obviously run and managed by Lady Scarlet, which would seem to infer that DRF aren't capable of um, running their own rental scheme. But then you've got Shadow of X Death, which proves that they are capable of running their own scheme. <laughs> yeah, they are capable of running their own rental scheme, but they they you know uh you know, contrary to uh what some goons would say, um uh Lady Scarlet is actually, you know, f- like in in a in a certain frame, like, you know, it's she's uh agreeable to work with, you know, in to some degree. So um you know, yeah, but it, it's like she can, it's, she can, she can keep, she can keep relations fairly well. She's a good well, diplomat in that go. regard. It, so, it, it's you know, um, let's be honest about it. The size of the DRF, yeah, um, there is no way that they wouldn't necessarily have the bandwidth as an organisation for other people to like, you know, pick up the task and be able to do it. I mean, you know, let's be honest about it. it it's not. Uh, a skill set which is com- completely kind of like lacking within Eve well, in its own right. You, you <laughs> guys are matter. climbing into it's a very like, deep meta ra- uh, rabbit hole a, right yes, now, right? Yes, it's, it's an extremely de- deep. So uh, that that's maybe something we should uh, push for uh, a different show. But so you know, we, can, we are uh, talking about we are talking about you know alternative income streams, and that is yeah, and and uh, and you're definitely big, also big, bringing up the whole thing of uh, the the fact that so many things has to do with old money in the game, and you mentioned uh, Bob and IT and all just, that. It's not just old money; it's also old um, old play styles as well. Yeah, old old organizations you know, that, and old money, right? It's the same names that uh, show their face every single time, right? Whether you're talking about. Lady Scarlet or Celine or Sword Dragon. It's it's the old guard, the old gods, I think Moomin has uh, called them at one point. To a degree. Only god yeah. I worship is the god emperor, Mittens. Yeah, uh, <laughs> praise be unto him. But that's the thing, that's, that's the big difference between sort of, say, uh, or at least as far as I know, uh, with regards to, you know, the difference between uh, Imperium and, like, uh, Panfam kind of thing, is there's a lot less, ob- uh, like, obscurity through, like, security through obscurity, uh, at least seemingly done uh, on the goon side, anyway. Yeah, well, um, but equally now, I would actually say um, over the last year, the obs- security through obscurity from like the Panfam side as a whole is less if you're actually like looking for it. They are more brazen in what they actually do nowadays. Um, and you know, if I'm completely honest about it, is like you know the stuff between Troy and the DRF. That to me just like screams of Panfam. Is like you know that you're in trouble as soon as you've got uh, Elise and Grath that are having a conversation where they're saying, you are the good guys, you're going to be doing great, blah, 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 because whatever you're doing at that particular point in time, you are acting as a proxy agent for PL, yeah? If PL are encouraging to do, for you to do stuff, it's not because you're great guys, it's because PL can actually see themselves benefiting somewhere down the line. Hey, oh, you, you know what? You know what? Uh, Test fell for it for such a long time as well. They, well Test, every single Test, time Test they meet shields so for such silly. a long time. 
But you know, you know, I mean, if you want to live that life, live that life. I mean, you know, all power to you. But you know, speaking of <laughs> old gods, we should uh, segue to the last segment because uh, a little piece of uh, news hit us this week uh, about one of the very old uh, oh, developers, yeah, um, Trophy Franz uh, Olofsson, uh, has now actually uh, left Eve, which I personally have uh, a little bit of a tear for because. Uh, he was one of the very interesting and hype-generating uh, developers in EVE. He was a very passionate kind of uh, advocate of uh, of EVE Online. Yeah, and I he was part of uh, what I call the old gang. Uh, not entirely calling it the Rat Pack, but the, the <laughs> inner circle or the top echelon of the de developer crew way back in the beginning um, used to have like this four or five uh, people uh, that was extremely uh, prominent and, and visible uh, in the dev uh, group. And Torfi always did the presentations and stuff like that and was very much active in, in promoting and branding uh, CCP and EVE Online. Yeah, yeah, he was. But then again, like, I mean, when you, when you look at sort of the more recent five years, uh, you know, he has kind of, I mean, it, it was almost as though he kind of took charge in the, uh, you know, the new kind of aspects of Eve uh, or the new IPs, uh, very much so. Um, yeah, his role changed I think, a I think lot the thing after is, the Summer of Rage, right? It, yeah. I, I'm not going to say that he was benched, but it felt very much as if suddenly uh, in the wake of all that anger, they kind of needed to put the call it the hype meister in 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 some sort of little room and and then only bring him out when there was something just, important just, or interesting just just like you know less of the sugar and calm the fuck down yeah pretty much <laughs> and then the whole change with uh, going into uh, the seagull era and stuff like that but i'm just trying to point out that some of the old magic from uh, people like torfi uh and back when Hilmer was more proactive and uh, when we still had uh, over um Nathan Richardson, uh, it's, it was just a different time, right, where there was more um, ambition, almost naively so, um, yeah. and it just feels as if this is the end of an era. I know I might have gone a little bit overboard saying this, that this takes us into total maintenance and janitor mode, but it feels a little bit like it because as we've discussed on talking in stations, especially with Dirk as well, the whole old school uh, big vision, big ideas, uh, almost Steve Jobs-like presentations, they're just gone. Well, I think, yeah. I think you know, when it comes to, uh, when it comes to someone like Torfi, like, he is a bit of a big idea kind of guy. Uh, I think, well, I think that's probably one of the reasons why, you know, he took the sort of, uh, took the reins of some of the, uh, the, the new IP kind of ventures, because he's a, you know, someone who can kind of, flesh out a big idea but you know even 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 if those ideas don't really sort of you know uh end up seeing the light of day unfortunately it's just it's kind of, in 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 my veteran uh perspective it feels like we've gone through five years of uh i don't know open heart surgery where like, stuff's just been pulled out right uh, this one doesn't work. This one doesn't work. This one doesn't work. Um, maybe it's well, all it's, it's, decisions. It? it's just that that we are now left with a little bit of a husk. That's it needs some revival. It needs more oomph and more color and more ambition and hype in there again. 
Well, I mean, it could be down to the fact that, like, you know, CCP have looked at, you know, especially, especially during the, uh, especially like when they laid off a whole bunch of people. You know, they, when you lay off a whole bunch of people, it, essentially, it's, uh, you know, we're not doing too well as a company, so we need to rein in the uh, the costs versus the actual, you know, sort of uh, what we make. Uh, and when you kind of do I've that, just, it's it's. I've just finished watching uh, the Steve Jobs uh, movie, and and. I'm just very much afraid that CCP is going to end up in the same situation as uh, Apple did when they laid off Steve Jobs, right? Are we going into a total crash that needs an, uh, a revival? I'm not saying that that uh, people like Nathan and Leckard and, and Torfi was yeah. uh, like Steve Jobs. I'm just saying it smells a little bit like the same type of story. I feel like we've just gone to the uh, point where, oh, put it in maintenance mode and let's just try to milk the consumers. No, I don't think that's the case. I think that's for, I think it's more along the lines of uh, CCP kind of realizing that uh, you know all of this, um, or like, like, like shotgun style, um, trying out new ideas and then just throwing money at it, it hasn't worked. And so, you know, they've had to scale back as a point of necessity. Um, and I think the only kind of way of doing that is, unfortunately, the layoffs that you saw and, uh, you know, sort of changing people's job descriptions around, which is what happened to Torfi for, you know, one year. Um, and then I, I think pretty much he kind of, he saw either, he saw the writing on the wall or, um, you know, which I think kind of is the case. I mean, he was, gonna... he, he, he left. He wasn't, he wasn't like laid off or anything. He yeah, actually well, left by, on, of his own accord, right? So I've seen things happen at that level before many, many times, right? And generally it is a writing on the wall. <laughs> I, I mean, I think, I think you're in maintenance. Well, it mode. seemed more amicable than like, you know, oh, by the way, you, your job description does not exist anymore. Sorry. Well, you know? yeah, but it's different than that, right? Um, so people... So I kind of feel like, you know, he, he was... Like he was in charge of a lot of the uh, projects uh, over the last five years that didn't really see the light of day. And to be, it is to be honest, it is completely like it's shown by some people, some of the comments on some of the Reddit uh, uh, posts uh, about how people kind of like, oh yeah, we're really going to miss him because of the, you know, the 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 movie deals and the TVs, uh, the the TV um, uh, series of Eve and. All of the all of the different kind of um, uh, Eve stories that were published by um, uh, you know Dark Horse, yeah, you know, I, all of the things that didn't actually happen. Yeah, well, I mean, you don't you don't need I'm to spin sure the brand if, if you're downsizing, right? Yeah. So, and you guys couldn't hear me because um, Discord did fun things with sound again. Um, I've seen I've seen this before at, at this level, and he and, you know he's almost a C level guy, right? I mean, they see the writing on the walls. Um, there's conversations that happen, and rather than outright letting somebody go at that level, they say, "Hey, this is probably what we're going to do," and they move on. However, going to Microsoft yeah. for for what he's doing, right? His Facebook page already has him in Seattle. He's going to Minecraft. Yeah. And mm -hmm. Which is owned, right? Uh, it's probably a pretty good payday. Yep. So that's a oh, good yeah. thing, right? I'm happy for him in that major. But I do think it solidifies you are indeed in maintenance mode, right? I mean, we've we've 
assumed that for some time now, and I'm telling you, you're you're there for good now. You just are. But yes, I mean, at that level, they know when to move on, and when you see that sort of movement at that level, you know what to expect in the future. And uh, well, you know, could could a possibility of CCP needing to go into sort of this maintenance mode sort of be tied to their developers in some respect? They don't have the skill or the vision on board at the moment because most of the vision that was there, say, five years ago has uh, moved on to studios and developers that will pay them better, right? Because I don't think it's like a secret that CCP doesn't really pay their developers a whole lot. <laughs> That's not necessarily a bad observation, Uranus. I mean, it's a perfectly valid point, right? Um, I just don't... I don't see... I, I think I've told you guys for a long time, I don't think CCP itself has the vision for what this game can become. I think it's much more than they can imagine, but that's just me. I could be wrong. And I do agree with that, but it feels to me as if they've cut away the people that were very hyped uh, to actually do that and create that game. They've lost them along the way, right? Yeah, and I honestly, I think the only way CCP would really bring EVE, like this is just from what I've seen in current game development uh, meta, is the only way CCP is really going to be able to bring EVE out of sort of this development halt, if you will, uh, is basically they're going to have to sell themselves to a certain publisher or a certain people who can pay them more money, more, you know, substantial money. Than sell to EA. Sell to EA. But then that also brings out, you know, other issues with the current MMO, you know, market. We see a massive shift towards a, um, a more monetized game, which surprisingly EVE Online has been very um, monetization neutral. I want to say not friendly because you know i mean there's still a subscription but you know it hasn't they haven't monetized the game uh in the way that many other games have as, well they are now Peter pointed out um this is really a question of do or die right it's can they pull the rabbit out of the hat otherwise they will have to do what randa said they had to sell to someone that can actually finance uh the next steps in in eve online yeah, and I don't, I don't personally see CCP being able to do that. So I'm assuming that they've cut. So what I assume they did is they sold a big portion of their VR because the VR is a massive overhead. And so if they wanted to sell to a company like EA, they would want to make themselves as very low overhead as possible. But I'm not a business person, so I don't know no, if no, that no, was. No. I'm, I'm very much of the fan of what Noisy saying. Keep asset. Oh, noisy that's said a, stuff. That's a good idea. Yeah, he's saying Amazon, full stop. Amazon. Yeah, no, Amazon. Like, Amazon wouldn't be a bad. It wouldn't be a bad choice. Considering yeah. it wouldn't be a bad choice. It wouldn't be a bad choice. But even so, like, I don't want to sort of take this out of the whole serious territory. But like, if it is Amazon, oh man, I'd love to see in the integration that you can make from Eve and yeah, from Amazon, Amazon using using uh, using. Um, I want. I, uh, I've always Alexa. said I wanted to control all of my Eve ship with Alexa. I would love to fucking be able to do that. Like, <laughs> Alexa launch mean, fighters awesome, or whatever, awesome. and it'd be amazing. It'd be, it'd be like, Matt, Alexa, log in 42 Rourke's. Alexa, red alert. I'm actually really curious. Matt, you're, you said you're you're like a business, kind of on the business side of things, or of something, right? Uh, no. <laughs> I thought you said you were. No, I, I've, if you have the echoes, tell it. You I've, uh, I have a degree in uh, uh, music production, but 
Because like yeah. my my real because like I've always been really curious. Would CCP be more valuable to someone buying them by either having or not having that VR sort of team? Because would that extra overhead make them less valuable, or would that make them more valuable because their the resources are already in place from there? I'm not. That's one of the curious but things the, about markets. Well, I'm sort of curious. Yes, well, to me. The the resources there, but you know the the market. Uh, uh, and the technical availability isn't there yet, so it's kind of like it's it's like it would be a resource that doesn't have a home really. So it would yeah, be more of the, the, the overhead kind of thing, be more better yeah, just to not have it. It, it depends in like you know what you've actually kind of like got. Um, so obviously, if you're paying like for a VR team, then that's going to increase the kind of like costs um, for your particular association. But if there is no cash or revenue stream coming in to your business as a result, then they are just an expenditure. Now, people might speculate on, you know, uh, the type of technology that you've got or how good your team is or expertise, knowledge, IP, whatever. Um, You know, that's a completely different thing because, I mean, it's like, you know, intellectual property, for instance. Well, you know, it, it has no value aside from what others actually place upon it. So, you know, it depends a, li- a little bit. But the way that I kind of saw the VR market is VR market, yeah, it's, it's kind of good. And it's a lot better than when I was kind of like, you know, looking at it uh, uh, probably 30 odd years ago. Oh, but, yeah. But it's a case of it's still a technology that is um, a solution realistically looking for a problem. Now, when a lot of people that like play Eve, for instance, will play for like many hours at a time. You know, do you really want to wear a headset every time that you want to like do some gaming, like no. every single time? That'll be no, mental. It, no, it would. It would no. suck. It, it would it's a lot of setup for something that's supposed to be casual at this point. It's yeah, where you and you, you, it's playing games is your relaxing hobby. Essentially. Yeah, and, and I you think that our head time to do that. I think that the biggest market for VR going forward is actually in places yeah. like the gym. Yeah, so it's like kind mm-hmm. of activity where you like you put on the headset for kind of like you know twenty thirty minutes whatever do your workout in far more pleasant surroundings potentially than like what are more. actually there. <laughs> I would yeah. actually see more in medical studies keeping that like I mean that's been an idea of VR since I think its inception. Yeah, was, but it's uh, not medical studies is, with it. like it it's very I'm gonna say it's m- very niche. Okay. Whereas gym membership and yeah. doing stuff in gym is just like your problem is I don't want to wear the gym's VR headset. <laughs> <because> <laughs> that would be fucking gross. And like, is, people don't wipe the machines down. You expect them to wipe the headset down? Yeah, and that's another kind of like, you know, issue when we like come down to that sort of thing. So it's like, how do you make that technology um, a- appealing in that kind of like context? But for well, like gaming again, it's like casual gamer, it's absolutely fine. Like 30 to 60 minutes with like a, a headset on yeah it's probably fine if you don't throw up because you're one of those people that are sensitive to it um you know but beyond that it's like i just look at it as a chore it's just like it's a hindrance to everything 
I mean, one of the one of the areas of uh, you know sort of virtual reality that I mean, I mean, I know the virtual reality is kind of the VR aspect is kind of dying down now, um, very much on a downward trend. One of the other aspects that came out of the VR kind of the VR resurgence, it, which seems to be gaining more and more traction, is the uh, the AR or augmented reality kind of scene. Yeah, augmented. Uh, and that looks much more that looks much more doable in a practical kind of sense. Yeah, augmented, I'd say, is a lot more attractive. Um, The thing about VR, I think it's just going to be a bit like um, uh, 3D television and films. It'll become popular every now and then for a little bit, and then it'll just disappear again, and we won't have to suffer it. But augmented reality, now that's a different thing. Any Pokemon Go players in chat? Excellent. Pokemon Go. There was a fairly recent augmented reality kind of uh, offering that happened soon. It wasn't It wasn't Magic Leap, and I know Caleb's like, it must be almost itching to sort of talk about Magic well, Leap. Well, no, Intel have just done one, well, haven't they? But Intel, it was, it, was yeah. it Intel's, which is more right, passive. Well, it actually looks just... like just a... Ah. No, I'm, I'm more itching to, to mention that the reason VR is so difficult is because it needs the resources, as we covered in one of the other shows, right? And it's the same with the Internet of Things. Until you got some automation that goes out and actually generates that content, right, tracks all those items in space, if that's got to be done manually, and which is, ha- which is what it has been done in the past, right, that's not going to work. But VR might actually come back three, four years down the line when augmented reality has basically mapped out all the Internet of Things and all the resources needed to create effective VR. Yeah. And the the, the article that I just linked, the, it's the uh, the Verge kind of article. Like That literally shows you the how normal these augmented reality glasses look like. I mean, well, I mean, I, I, I say maybe augmented reality might be a bit of a push, but... Uh, you know, it, it does produce a screen. Um, you can see stuff in it. So, how augmented you can get from there is debatable. Yeah, but it, it's the kind of like the, but the, get, the it, first kind of step. When I go back twenty years ago, okay, I would mm. have killed someone for what exists within uh, a, a relatively kind of like the hundred, two hundred dollar like phone nowadays. Yeah, yeah. I, it's like as my desktop computer. I would have killed you for it. It's like without a shadow of a doubt. Just twenty years, <laughs> not that long. I I I, I love how uh, how casual your uh, your plans are, <laughs> your morals and mur- and and murderability. Fucking it's willing to murder so for is... two gigabytes of RAM. Pretty much, yeah. Imagine, imagine yeah you're not wrong. <laughs> and and think about that, Think about that Apple compute commercial, right? Where the little girl's running around doing all this stuff throughout the day on her tablet, and she's in the backyard. What's a computer? Yeah, I yeah, fucking hate that advert so oh, much. Stab that child! Oh my god! Apple is shit. But it's true. I, I mean, when you Apple. look at the younger generation, that's what they know, right? They don't know desktops like we know desktops, right? We have the PC master race, right? So you know, things are just going to get smaller and faster and, and more efficient, and it will be interesting to see how this all progresses. Oh, well, it's, uh, I think that, you know, there's also quite a bit of scope for some of this. I mean, I've got some friends that I've always followed this kind of technology like very closely. 
Um, the wearable computers, which were available now, is sort of like, you know, to actually power stuff through the movement of your body, like, you know, and all that sort of stuff. I mean, it, it's kind of edging there. It's not necessarily practical, where you can just pop it into the washing machine. Um, but the thing is, is like, you know, we are chipping away at there. Um, and personally, I see it as good stuff. Really, as far as the United States OBC scale is going, I think uh, powered exosuits are probably going to come faster for you know fatter people to get around easier. Like, well, Fuck you yeah. know, there, there's all sorts of benefits Battle. that technology can actually like offer us. Um, but the the transition as a society, I think, is going to be like the tricky thing because obviously. You know, there aren't going to be like painful kind of bits uh, as we like go along. I mean, if you take like logistics as being one of the the kind of like the main ones that um, there's definitely a commercial interest in reducing the cost of logistics. Okay, so like self-driving trucks, that's going to be a thing. And when you've got like you know literally globally millions of drivers out of a job, you know. That's well, it's, it's tied to the fact that we need those uh, uh, bridging technologies, right? We need those things that that, that kind of gives us maybe not a quantum leap, but at least a big leap, right? Going from uh, dial-up uh, classical modems to uh, proper DSL and 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 then modern connections, right? That is a huge step for actually uh, proliferating and generating the internet. And we're going to need something similar with all these technologies. This is why I think the the main thing from self-driving cars is not going to be the actual driving of the car. It's going to be the generation of data from point cloud information and uh, pretty much knowing how everything looks and where a lot of things think, are at the moment. Right? That's, I think that's going to be a huge driver for uh, the Internet of Things and the next uh, stage in uh, in the Internet. I think there's a lot more practical aspects of that than just that, Caleb. Like, um, when you when you start automating things, like, yeah, people lose jobs because automation kind of starts taking over a little bit. But the other thing that happens is more stuff can happen with fewer people there. And so if you have the same amount of people, as long as you can retrain them uh, to doing, you know, jobs that are still existing... Or, you know, retrain them to be able to, you know, basically, you know, be a janitor for those automated processes. You know, your the efficiency of, you know, your community, your country goes through the roof. And like, I, I mean, I'm, I'm saying this from, you know, a perspective of a Brit who basically has been, you know, and we've been kind of told that, like, you know, the efficiency in our country is absolutely shit, and we should really kind of work on that. And unfortunately, you know, automation and, you know, automated processes will do that at the cost of people's jobs, but people need to learn to retrain. You don't get a thing for life. Well, I kind of disagree with that, because, um, and just kind of like, you know, run with me a little bit here. But say mm -hmm. that we kind of keep creating uh, machines and programs that continually become better. And I mean, it, it's already quite interesting how uh, pervasive these machines, robots, AI, uh, automation is already within our society. I think that kind of like, you know, one example 
is if you look at the stock exchange, I think it's something like about 45% of all transactions on the stock exchange are now like just completely automated. If you look at the Google advertising system that is in place, is a bidding system that is run by robots, run by AI. You know? I just don't think that the main thing is going to be automation. I think uh, remote presence is a lot uh, bigger uh, in effect, right? It's. I think it's actually uh, Arthur C. Clarke that uh, predicted that uh, no one would need to actually go into an office and work from there. They would be able to do pretty much everything remotely. <laughs> and we're not there yet, right? And well, no, this has got to do with I remote would, presence. No, I, I, think I, would, I would disagree with we're not there yet for the remote office type-like thing. And you talk about remote presence, and it's like, you know, we're actually playing a game where we have thousands of people able to interact with each other to actually reach common-like goals and then never meet with each other. Okay. Oh, I'm just, I'm just saying that, that the robotics and, and automation, uh, I think it's more likely that we will move into a point where we can do a lot more things remotely. I'm not exactly going to say drones, but it is similar, right? You, you can operate uh, or, or be actively engaged with someone regardless of time and space. And I think that's a bigger step than automation because automation is still so limited. I'm, I know that AIs are really getting good, but they're getting good at very specific things. They are horrible generalists. So I do think that they will, they, they will not be taking over that many jobs, or at least more jobs will transition than most people are aware of. It's more that the the labor force is being cut down, pretty much like the labor force on farms today is a two thousandth of what it was just a hundred years yeah, but ago. It, right? But that's kind of like my point. I mean, in the UK recently, um, they went and said, "Yeah, the this whole crop, um, you know, from start to finish, had been um, uh, kind of, you know, created." Um, auto magically with no intervention from humans whatsoever required. That's it. It was just an automated process that happened, uh, and that's kind of like quite interesting. And I'm, and for me, this is one of the bits that um, you know people say. Well, historically, we've had like great changes. Is like you know we've gone from like horse and cart to cart stuff like that. And people said, oh, are you going to like lose all of these jobs? And it's like, we did lose those jobs, but we created new jobs. But I think that when you actually start to look at some of the stuff which is there, um, you know, if you look at the stuff like from Boston Dynamics, um, for my own sins, I must confess, I like watching those production line kind of video things is sort of like you know oh no God, you're such an old person moment well there's it, but the thing is, it's like those those machines are just like fascinating i mean you, to you, me no no they're, they're actually really impressive it gives you it gives you a new perspective on like what can be automated like the no, well, things it's that just you like didn't think could be automated are all as the youngest person here just hearing Moomin talk about old person fascinations is just like <laughs> uh, wait till he starts talking about first hand experience uh, with red flag next, next thing you know Moomin's gonna start talking about what the world was like when dinosaurs still walked to the earth so no, Newman, he, he what's the best he, technique he remembers for using a hammer and chisel the red flag class stuff. notes 
he like, remembers the best way to get to work was to was to round up your your nearest triceratops and ride that into your department's office not even like parking it outside just ran it right through the walls hey, hey, no, hey. no 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 uh, tell me he knows how to master the oregon trail because he was there tell i think tell he me. remembers the scare of actually being liquefied if you were driving a car that could drive more than 40 miles per hour tell me tell me riding a triceratops to work wouldn't be cool I would totally. Yeah, I would totally. It would be slow, but I would totally ride a triceratops. Hey, we're gonna we're gonna wrap here in about four minutes. So I want to give everybody their their last thing, the one last thing, right, to, to say here. And I'm gonna start with uh, I'm gonna start with McLeod. Say what? Oh, you're one. Last thing 66. Next episode, oh. Moomin meets Triceratops. There you go. Oh, oh that that I... sounds. Awesome. We we going on uh we going on shoutouts. Yeah, we're on shoutouts. Whatever. Okay, shout out, shout out to my guys at uh, at the initiative and uh, Tigrats, and uh, better luck next time when it comes to uh, fighting uh, four to one against. There you go, Caleb. You're up, brother. Shout out to Trophy Friends and uh, good luck uh, on the Minecraft thing. There you go, Seth. A shout out to the fact they have RW playing in a uh, Star Wars tabletop RPG with me now. Oh, that's frightening. That is so frightening. It's going to be fun. He's our smuggler. I'm our technician. We're going to blow shit up. Oh, no. Your end is your up. Uh, shout out to Anime Club on Tweetfleet Slack. Support my weeaboos. <laughs> and Moomin, what do you got for us today? Um, I would just like to thank all of my brothers and sisters and people that uh, are not necessarily identifying themselves that way in the Imperium for continuing to make Delve great again. Okay. Hold on, <laughs> Lacania just subscribed. Thank you, by the way. Yes, thank you, Lacania. Much appreciated, sir. I'm going to say, as, as somebody who is deeply involved with automation and doing all that stuff, that the one thing we have to be careful with all this things that we can do today, buying on Amazon, um, not going into the stores to buy things and things of that nature, let's make sure that it doesn't take out the human interaction factor because interacting with humans is probably the biggest thing that helped you cope with life and deal with things. And, you know, having friends like you guys is great online. And let's hope that the future generations realize that and, and get it going. Amen. Oh, yeah. Alrighty, you can folks. only have Vegas bacon if you have friends online. Oh, Vegas bacon. I did get that from an online friend, <laughs> didn't I? And it was I wish crazy. I wasn't poor. There you go. <laughs> all right, everybody. Thank you for watching the show. Thank you for all the follows. Thank you for all the subscriptions. And we appreciate you guys being in the audience. And we appreciate all your comments in the, uh, in the stream chat. So thank you very much. And we will be back same time next week. Thank you, everyone. Say bye, everyone. Bye-bye, everyone. Bye, everyone.